0: anywhere in the world with more kids living in single-parent households than in the U.S. And for a lot of those families, the pandemic has been especially challenging. According to a 2019 survey by UNICEF, Sweden, Portugal and Estonia, yes, Estonia, rank much higher in family-friendly policies than the U.S. That lack of support has left many single parents feeling lonely and overwhelmed. So how are single parents navigating the pandemic? And what kind of support do they need to keep their families safe and healthy? Philip Fisher is a psychology professor, and he leads the University of Oregon's Neuroscience Center. The center just published a survey on how the pandemic is overloading single-parent families. Professor Fisher, tell us more about the survey and the work that went into
1: it. Sure. So the survey has actually been ongoing since April of 2020. We began the survey Uh, at the kind of outset of the pandemic, knowing that households with young children were going to be facing circumstances that none of us had lived through in our lifetime, and that there wasn't really a lot of good information about what households with young children would be going through. Our research has historically focused on young children and how they fare in the context of adverse circumstances. And so we felt like we had a good knowledge base to begin doing this work, but we also knew that we were entering kind of new territory. And so given the way the pandemic was unfolding, we knew that we needed a large uh, sample of households that we could follow on a regular basis. And so the survey actually started April 6th and was conducted weekly with about a 1,000 households taking the survey each time. Um, And the weekly survey went through July, and then since then, all the way up until the present, we've been doing the survey every other week. We have families from all across the country, from all 50 states, uh, and the survey is quite diverse in terms of the income level of people who take it and the the racial and ethnic backgrounds of people taking
0: the survey. Interesting. So, a lot to get into with this survey, then. I want to start with some of the demographics that you just laid out of of the single-parent households. Can you... Give us a better sense of the people that we're talking about here in this survey.
1: First of all, I want to say, so to date, we've had over 10,000 uh, families with children age, at least one child age five and under take the survey. Um, and of those, just about 1,400 uh, are single-parent families, so single-parent head of household. Again, the, the single parents look a lot like sort of the general population of households with young children. But I can say that consistently, um, they're one of the groups that has looked like they're experiencing a lot of challenges relative to others around things like income disparities, the amount of difficulties that people are reporting, being able to pay for basic needs like food and utilities and housing, the extent to which they may have support in their lives and a variety of other things. So basically, on most of the, the measures that we've looked at around sort of general household well-being and economic well-being, access to medical care, access to childcare, mm-hmm. single-parent households are one of the groups that seems to have been having more difficulties during the pandemic. And of course, these are not things that um, that existed just as a result of the pandemic. Single-parent households have had a lot of these challenges and disparities dating back before the pandemic.
0: I want to make sure people understand what we're talking about when we say that single-parent households have had challenges, right, or have had more challenges exacerbated by the pandemic. What are some specific stories, Professor, that you can share that some of these single parents told you?
1: Sure. So this is a great question. One of the things that our survey has done, in addition to just asking kind of questions that can people answer on a one-to-five scale or yes or no, is that we've been asking open ended questions and we expected you know some responses to the open ended questions but really people have been very eager to share their experiences with us and so to date we've actually gotten over 150,000 responses to these questions.
2: Wow. One
1: one example of a question is what are the biggest challenges that you and your household are facing during the pandemic and let me just read you A good example of a response from a mom with a single mom in New Jersey. She says, as a single mom, it's been difficult to get get out of the house for essentials. I have concerns about bringing my children out, and most stores here in New Jersey have been limiting the size of a family group to two. I wouldn't be able to bring my children with me, even if I was less concerned about the virus. I've had to use money that was allocated for other expenses to pay for things like grocery and prescription delivery. Another challenge has been with my older child's virtual education. I feel like I'm not giving her the attention it requires because I must also entertain and care for my three-year-old. So I think that just sort of shows the multiple dimensions in which single parents are trying to balance safety, balance taking care of their kids, their kids' education, but also the economic circumstances. It
0: really is quite... Quite the balancing act. Uh, I've been there most of my parenting mm-hmm. life has been solo. Um, and so I, I remember gotcha. borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, right? And and just kind mm-hmm. of getting into that same cycle every month. And so I can imagine, had I still been a single parent now during this pandemic, how much harder that would have been. Um, I want to hear some more stories, listeners. So call us at 866 915 WBEZ. Again, our number is 866 866- 915 915-WBEZ. Professor, let's hear from a caller who's been standing by. Shakila is calling from Englewood. Hi, Shakila. Welcome to Reset. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for, for joining us. What's your story? My experience during this
2: pandemic, I have the good and the bad. So on the bad side, my children and me, myself, adapting to something new. Like we're not used to sitting in the house all the time and you know, and me wanted to protect my children. I limited them on going on outside, so I had to get used to them adapting to something new. As far as them used to playing outside and going to the park, mm-hmm. and I had to do different activities with them. Yeah, indoors. you you become and, their
0: friend now, right? And so you yeah. you you become yeah. the entertainment. Uh, you know, because there are, there are no friends that you can have them buddy up with and and have playdates yeah. with.
2: Yeah. yeah, and that was another thing. I also, I developed a stronger bond with them, you know, like as far as my oldest, him being at home during school, and his school hours are less now, so he get out of school at one thirty, and they give us time to, to get to know each other more, and we talk
0: more, and we do more
2: things together.
0: Oh, well, that's and, nice. Yeah. How many kids do you have, Shakila? I have two. You have two. My youngest is
2: one, and my oldest is
0: seven. So you're you're making it through together. Yeah. I'm glad you can find the positive.
2: Yeah. We really faced homelessness during the pandemic. And on the positive side, because of the pandemic, we were able to be housed. And now we have our own home.
0: That's wonderful. Professor, were you saying something to Shakila?
1: Yeah, I just wanted Shakila to know I really connect with what she was saying about feeling closer to her kids. One of the brightest spots that we've seen in all of the information that we've been gathering is that parents do report that in spite of a lot of the stresses, some of which you mentioned, like having to be uh, inside more and adjusting to, to kind of those changes, that people actually do feel like they're drawing more emotional support from their children, as well as being able to provide it to their children. So I think your experience is something that we've heard from a lot of parents and single parents during the survey.
0: We appreciate you calling in, Shakila. Let's hear now from Melanie in Lincoln Park. Hi, Melanie. You're a mom of how many children?
3: Um, I have two kids who are 19 and 17, so I'm not dealing with the little kids situation, which I know would be probably very difficult, but I'm dealing with teenagers. Yeah. And actually, I couldn't be happier. I've I've had my kids home with me for 14 months, and I could not happier this is my dream come true
0: what's been the best part
3: um you know i think the conversations um and the things that we've been able to share with each other we've we've done a lot of like netflix watching various things and you know the conversations that we've had and also the fact that you know they're both in school online and so they're you know they're learning things there but they have plenty of time to learn on their own as well so just the the things that they're that they're coming up with and the things we talk about um, we were already a very close family because I've had, you know, they're with me 24/7 anyway. But because of this, I, I mean, I think that there's just a closeness that, that I, don't know, I just feel very grateful that this is time I shouldn't have had with them because one of them should have been away at college and the other one should have been at, you know, in high school all day. Right. And instead, we're having lunch together. We're having dinner together. We're, you know, having, you know, family game night and. Sunday morning breakfast and all these things that we shouldn't have. It's a gift.
0: To yeah. Me. You know what, Melanie, they'll, they'll be better for it. Yeah, they, they will. They sure will. Thank you so much for for sharing that story with us. Professor, you heard Melanie's comments there. She talks about feeling closer to to her teens, uh, spending this time together. You know, as you've learned through your survey about how the pandemic is impacting these households, what is it that stood out to you? What were your main takeaways?
1: Well, again, I, I, I do want to emphasize that there is some real positive and some bright spots. I think uh, what we've heard from both of the callers is about the increased closeness. And I, I will say one thing that we found when we asked people what are the sources of emotional support in their lives and how they changed, we've actually found that people's social networks have gotten much sort of more local. That is, they're no, not as so much relying on coworkers and friends and much more on neighbors and, as I said, their own children and family members for sources of connection. So that's the positive. I think the, the you know, it's counterbalanced with some of the issues around isolation that single parents have been experiencing. And also, especially with the, with the uh, people with younger children, but even those with, with uh, elementary school age children, that the closure of childcare and the ch- closure of schools has really created some significant challenges for single parents because, They're having to make decisions about whether to go to work, uh, what to do with their children if they are going to work, uh, and also a lot of fears about what happens if they get sick or their children get sick, especially for parents that don't have uh, benefits like paid leave Mm -hmm. uh, to, to deal with things if things like that should happen. So I think there's a lot more kind of emotional distress and stress on single parents because of some of these issues that, if it's a, a two-parent household, uh, that, that there's sort of more ability to counterbalance some of these challenges and to absorb some of the stresses.
0: Well, as you pointed out, there are differences, obviously, in how the two-parent households versus the single-parent households have been handling or been able to handle the pandemic. How can we close some of the gaps, Professor?
1: There are a number of things that will make a big difference, and we see some of these things starting to happen you know, in terms of some of the policies that are being made and are filtering down to states. So, for instance, um, universal access to quality child care is really a big issue. Not only is there sort of a lack of available child care and quality child care, but also many of the parents that we uh, hear from have talked about the challenges of being able to afford quality care. So that's one thing Um, I've mentioned in addition that for single parents issues around paid leave paid sick leave are really essential because if you have to choose uh, between staying home to care for a sick child or going to work uh, and potentially uh, not making income or losing your job if you if you have to deal with that it really places parents in an impossible position that is a Uh, tough one yeah the last thing i'd say is that i think we're consistently finding that one of the biggest stressors for people during the pandemic, and especially for single parents, is the lack of predictability and stability in their lives. And that comes around work. So if your work is really fragmented and you're, you're on shift work or if your childcare has kind of blown up and you're not sure where you're going to get care from, that the lack of stable and predictable kinds of things for work and for childcare is adding additional stress. So I think we really need to think about how we can create that stability Mm -hmm. through policies that can be made in terms of work and childcare.
0: Let's hear a story from Stephanie, who's calling from Washington Park. Hi, Stephanie, welcome to Reset. Oh my gosh,
4: good morning. He is right on time with the lack of predictability and stability. In January, I finished eight of a nine-part book series about a global virus that wiped out the world's population.
2: So by
4: the time um, the news started coming around about this virus, I was all over it for three months with my anxiety building. So on April 1st, I left Chicago. I packed my car to the hilt and drove to rural Alabama, where my mother has over a hundred acres of land. I'm
2: mm. um, over
4: i'm an attorney with my own practice i have a um at the time three-year-old and five-year-old children i met my sister out there with her seven-year-old niece and my kids were able to roam free in the country goats organic farm pond fruit trees um just organic um produce all of this stuff while my sister and i worked remotely My word sphere happened. There was an accident. My daughter was climbing a tree, fell from the tree, broke her arm, fractured, all, you know, just all this mess, had to be helicoptered to Birmingham for treatment. Finally, um, in September, um, because I needed a village in order to come back to Chicago, just before kindergarten, I organized with two other families an informal pod so that my children would rotate between our three homes. Each of us had a classroom set up in our homes. We pulled our financial resources to hire a caregiver to be with our children. And all of us were able to continue working remotely, but it's always something. And so when my daughter finally went to school um, full time, four days a week in person, all of a sudden with no notice, I'm advised that her in-person enrollment is cut from four days a week to two days a week.
0: There's that lack of predictability you you mentioned there. Got to move on to the next caller, Stephanie, but so glad you called. Thank you so much. I wanted to get you, Professor, before I squeeze in the last caller, we haven't talked about the kids. Your survey examined the impact that this pandemic has had on them, right? Specifically younger kids. What did you find?
1: Well, you know, it's a great question. What we found, and this is really consistent with work that we've done in the past and research that others have been done, that essentially when there are a lot of outside stresses that households are dealing with, things like not necessarily having enough food or not being able to pay the rent and other kinds of challenges like the instability we've been talking about, that that leads to parents being stressed. And what our survey has found is that When parents are stressed and then we follow up several weeks later and look at their reports about how their kids are doing, it's kids later on where this is getting passed along to them. So it's sort of we've talked about it as like a chain reaction where it starts with some of the basic instability and challenges making ends meet which is stressing parents out which is then getting passed along to children. Our concern about this is that these are the kinds of circumstances mm-hmm. that if we just leave them kind of in place over the long term can really have a longer term impact on children's well-being where they don't necessarily just bounce back and it's one of the reasons that we think that creating more stability in terms of both finance and in terms of like childcare and things like that are going to make the biggest difference in the lives of kids. So it's really it's about how things go from from adults down to children and how much children rely on adults to nurture them, especially when they're very young. Um, and that's right. really the story that we've been seeing is that chain reaction happening.
0: Professor, let's squeeze in a call from Kelly in Lake Bluff. Hi, Kelly. What are your thoughts?
5: Hi. I really resonate with what you just said. Uh, early on in the pandemic in March last year, we were actually stuck in a foreign country, um, just mm-hmm. me and my son. And that was you know, definitely a, a very stressful situation you know, when we returned, I think that kind of continued for a little while. Uh, I I was very lucky that my son did have the option of five days full school. Um, I think that really helped us establish like a consistent routine again when the fall hit. Mm -hmm. Um, But we lost my father and my stepmother this year uh, in the fall. Sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think this, this pandemic was it placed a lot of stresses on kids overall in general, but I think in single parent families, you know, we had issues going out and getting groceries. When you talk about, I was very lucky to work from home, but we work in a smaller space, you know, we have an apartment as opposed to a bigger house that might already have an office. There's just all sorts of like factors upon factors that yeah. I think impacted kids and I'm lucky. I think my son is doing great. We've had a lot of conversations. We had some deep moments, but it's been challenging. Oh, thanks for sharing that, Kelly.
0: We're out of time. Our guest today was uh, Philip Fisher with the Center for Translational Neuroscience at the University of Oregon. Professor, thanks so much for riding along with us, and, and, and thanks for being here.
1: It was a pleasure, and thanks to the parents for calling in and sharing their stories, which, again, are really consistent with the data that we've been collecting.
0: And that's today's Reset. As always, we are on top of the stories and ideas affecting you most. Tell your friends about the podcast and take a few seconds to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow for the weekly news recap from Reset and WBEZ Chicago.